welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Trevor Estes. Enjoy. Well, today's the first day of the final week of our 40 days of prayer, okay? First day of our final week of 40 days of prayer. So uh, we've been in this series for six weeks now. Today, if you look at that title slide with the tree, today we reach the final kind of bubble on that, on that the tree canopy, which is the world. And so, um, you know, this is the furthest expansion of our focus. We started this 40 days of prayer with one week on personal prayer. So if you look at this, uh, this slide that shows kind of these concentric uh, circles. We started the first week with praying about our personal lives, bringing our personal lives before God and saying, God, would you search us and know us again? Teach us to, to, to see ourselves as we truly are and to yield ourselves to you and to allow you to transform us into Christ-likeness. That we would carry your image faithfully in our world, in our homes, and in our community. So we started with personal prayer. That rippled out into prayer over our homes which is the most immediate relationships and proximity that we, that we spend our lives in. The next week, we rippled out to pray for our church. We prayed about our life together. And what does it look like for us as a community of faith, as a family, a spiritual family on mission? What does it look like for us to carry God's image faithfully in our day? And to pray for that, to pray that we would, God would, would grow us in that. The next week we prayed for our, our city and we leaned into our calling that is unique. You know, when there's great churches all over this valley, What's our calling in the city and what's God asking of us to carry his, his name and, and to, to be a, a church, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of others. Discipleship to Jesus is never about, it's never an end in and of itself, just as about ourselves. It's always also for the sake of others. So we looked at the city. This last week, we've been praying for our nation. And today we reach this, this last sphere where we're praying for our world. And I will say, it's not too late to join this. Maybe you're just joining today, either on campus or online, and you're like, well, I've missed the first what, five weeks, so what's, what's it worth? Well, you can absolutely join right now. It's not too late because you're getting in on the first day of this week. Uh, we've built this around not just the Sunday message, but around daily devotions. So each day this week, we'll be, we'll be using our daily devotions to pray into the world and looking at specific passages that show God's heart for the world. And so uh, we'll put up this 40 days of prayer slide. Uh, most of you are familiar with this because we've been using it kind of as, a, as our one-stop shop, this 40 days of prayer uh, page. Uh, but if you're, if you're new, you can use that to access our devotions, to sign up for either written devotions to get emailed to you uh, once a day uh, throughout the week, or you can sign up for the audio podcast. So if, if you like written, sign up for the email. If you like audio, sign up for the podcast. But you can subscribe to that. And, it, and that's not just for this series. That actually goes on beyond here. Our, our model for being followers of Jesus and growing in being transformed to be more like him, it, it, it's rooted in our devotional life. And so we'll continue to, to send out daily devotions and podcasts uh, even beyond this series. So there you go. One last thing before I launch into today's passage, and that is this. Uh, we've been having some great feedback. We've been hearing some stories about how people are being uh, transformed and, uh, and experiencing God's move in this 40 days of prayer specifically. And we would love to get more feedback on that. We'd love to hear your story. 
And so if you think about, uh, maybe you've engaged in this 40 days of prayer. Maybe you jumped in partway through. And as you've engaged, there's, there's things that God's done in your heart or there's things that you've been praying for where you've actually seen God move. Maybe you took a, a risk that you wouldn't have taken before. Maybe you, you stretched out of your comfort zone and you see, you're seeing God doing something in that. It's probably not finished yet, but maybe you're seeing God do something. And if that's, if that's you, we want to celebrate those things. We want to share those things together because those things, they, they feed our faith. They, we, we recognize in the midst of like all of the, the negative things we hear in this world that God's at work. So we want to share those stories. So if you have a story to share, if you would send it to mystory@vineyardboise.org, uh, that just send it to that email address. And we're going to be sharing some of these next week. I want to encourage you to come back next week. Next week, officially our, our 40 days of prayer is over, but we are going to have a time of celebration and celebrating what we've seen God do and what we're leaning into as we move into the future as well. So uh, please use that and, um, and do that this week. All right, so um, as we get into this prayer for the world, I've been thinking about this week, and I, and I, I want to start by saying this. Uh, I think our prayers this week, each one of these daily prayers and the passages that go with them, uh, they're less about persuading God to act in the world than they are about us joining God in his heart for the world. Now, that's really important because sometimes we, we recognize all of the, the difficult things happening in our world, the painful, the brutal things happening in our world, and, and sometimes we'll say this. You might have said this yourself, or you might have heard someone else say this, or maybe you've thought it, but it's this idea of, if there's a loving God, how can he let that happen? If there's a loving God who's involved in our world, how can that happen? And, and it betrays this kind of, well, it's almost this arrogance that we think that we're more compassionate than God. That if we had his role, we would do things differently. We would do it better. And the reality is God's ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. And oftentimes what, what's going on there is we simply don't understand his timeline. And there's things that grieve God's heart. And, 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 and he is moving towards redemption and reconciliation of those very things. These passages we're going to be in this week, they're going to root us into God's heart. And so I want to invite you to, to consider that, you know, so often in our Western Christianity, we make salvation and relationship with Jesus all about our personal walk. In fact, that's why we started this. And it is about our personal walk. I don't, I don't want to, you know, to demean that in any way. We started this whole series with one week on, on praying for our personal lives. But it doesn't end there. And sometimes we think salvation is all about, like, how do I get into heaven when I die? And then I'm just going to kind of coast and wait for the, you know, wait for the clouds. And that's not God's heart for his people. It's not, it's not why Jesus came. Jesus' death and resurrection was not only about individual salvation, it was about global reconciliation. That's what we're leaning into this week is God's heart for the world, his heart for all of creation. So this week, the prayers are about receiving our commission to join his mission. And I, I, what I'm praying for is three things, that we would receive his commission to the world with soft hearts. There's a, there's a prayer in Ezekiel, there's a, uh, a prophecy in Ezekiel 36 that God says, there's a time coming when I'm going to pour out my spirit on people and in people. And I'm going to give people hearts of flesh. I'm going to exchange. I'm going to take out their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. I'm going to cleanse them from our idolatry. And my prayer this week is that God would cleanse us from our self-idolatry and, and just being so self-absorbed that we don't care about the world. 
We, we don't have the, 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 the bandwidth to care about all the things going on in the world. Say, God, would you soften our hearts? We can't care about it all, but would you show us your heart and break our hearts for the things that break yours? So broken hearts, also yielded lives, that if God shows us a place where we can respond in obedience to the things that he's doing in the world, where we can join his mission for the world, that we would do that with yielded lives. So broken hearts, yielded lives, and lastly, with compassion-filled prayers. One of the things we can do when there's things that are completely out of our control, they're going on not only in our city and nation, but definitely in our world. We, We can't always control those things or influence them, but we can pray into them. And prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. So we're going we're gonna to lean into those things. So this week we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 2. Or not, not the whole week. A couple of the days this week will be in Isaiah. But um, today, today's devotional passage is rooted in, in Isaiah chapter 2. And uh, I'll just give you a little bit of background before we read those first five verses. Uh, Isaiah was called to speak God's word to the people and the leaders of Judah. Some of what he spoke were in the form of visions. And they often had a two-sided nature. This will, just knowing this is going to help you. You could read all of Isaiah and you could interpret what's happening just by knowing this key principle. That Isaiah is, is, is organized around this two-sided thing that's happening. First of all, sometimes Isaiah is speaking warnings about God's pending judgment on the nation. Okay, this is in the 700 BC. So this is 700 years before the birth of Christ. Uh, there was judgment coming on the nation of Israel in the form of Assyria in the 700s and later Babylon in the 500s. And so God's warning about that. He's warning his people to turn towards him. So that's the first part. The second part, though, is a promise that God would one day bring restoration. Okay, so the two sides are, are, are judgment and restoration. Those are the two sides. But it's also present and future. And so as we get into the text today, chapter one began with a warning of judgment against the, the tribe of Judah, the nation of Israel. Um, chapter two now turns to a time where God says, and there's going to come a time where I begin to restore things. Let's pick up in chapter two, verse one. This is the vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, there's, there's your cue, in the last days, not current, The mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all. It will be the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, the mountain that's raised above hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. I do not believe that's live stream. I believe that's a vision of people people coming towards... But here's the thing. So in, in prophetic imagery, mountains represented kingdoms or governments. And so... So, so Isaiah's prophesying, see, there's a time coming when, when God's kingdom will be the mountain that towers over all other governments and makes them all foothills. Okay, that's what's coming. Verse three, people from many nations, many nations, not just Judah, not just Israel, and in 21st century, not just America. People from many nations will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways. And we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations. Okay, this this last paragraph, this is really important for our, our text today. The Lord will mediate between nations. He will settle the international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. This is taking the implements of war and turning them into implements of agriculture, of abundance. 
Why do you need a pruning hook? Because you've got an abundant crop, right? Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob. Now, Isaiah's talking to his audience again. And at that point, the, his, his audience, his written audience and his oral audience, it was the nation of Judah. But he's saying to the people that would identify themselves as followers of God, say, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. I want to be really clear that he's saying, this is God's heart for the world. This is what he is doing and what he will complete one day. And I'm inviting you to join in it right now. Walk in this plan. Walk in these intentions. This is the launching passage for our week on prayer because it invites us to enter into God's heart for all nations, for all people groups. We are asking God to break our heart for the nations. Not just to break our heart for the nations, but to awaken hope in what God has already begun, what he is doing, and what he's promised to finish. We, we can hope that for ourselves, for our personal lives. We can hope that for our, all of creation because that is what God is doing. So as you pray this week, and you're going to get invitations throughout the devotional, whether, again, whether it's written or podcast, you're going, to, you're going to hear invitations to pray for the world. My guess is that each one of us are going to be drawn to pray for specific places, people groups, places that we have relationship, places we've visited, places. Maybe you've just had a heart your whole life for a specific nation. Maybe you've never even been there but you've just always cared about this place. I want you to pray into that. But I'm also inviting you to pray into what we're doing as a local church. As a local church, we've always had a global outreach and it's taken different partnerships over the years. Today, we're going to be sharing about a specific partnership we have with uh, the church in Myanmar, which is formerly the nation of Burma. You noticed our ushers and greeters this morning were, they were in fact our Karen church. Uh, who are here in their, um, in their national clothing. And we're so grateful to have you here this morning uh, joining us. So um, typically the Corinne Corin Church has their own service uh, at the same time that we're meeting in here for the English-speaking service. Uh, but today we're joining together. So um, we're going to start with a video that just gives a little bit of context to what our partnership has most recently looked like in Myanmar. Uh, our, our history with Myanmar, Burma, with the Karen people specifically, Karen, the Karen people are one tribal group within the nation of Myanmar. Uh, it goes way back, far before this church even existed. Our founding pastor, Pastor Tri, when he, got, when he became a Christian, he was invited onto the mission field within weeks. And, and he was sent to Myanmar, to the, the Karen people. And so that was back in the early 80s. And so we've had, a, we've had a partnership with the Korean people that God has done sovereignly over the years, and God has rekindled it in, in miraculous ways. So most recently, here's a video that explains what that looks like. And then Pastor Tara, who is our, our, our missions pastor and oversees all of our international missions, she's going to come and she's going to share currently what the opportunity is, how we can be praying, and how we can participate. God is moving in Myanmar. When they say that there are 65 years of civil war that's happened in Myanmar, they're not just talking about one war. They're talking about multiple wars, multiple conflicts, multiple places where people have feuded and fought for different reasons. Raymond Ward with Outpour Movement shared with Canyon View Vineyard Church's senior pastor, Kirk Yamaguchi, the great favor God has been bringing to Myanmar pastors in the midst of great adversity. We were having coffee in Grand Junction a couple years ago. And he told me, did you know that Myanmar has just opened up? Uh, the government has relaxed. It's really oppression of the church. And he says, we can 
go and plant churches into villages there. Through many partnerships with U.S. churches and Petros Network, Outpour Movement has become the site of two training and equipping seminars for indigenous Myanmar church planters. At this training, 29 church planters were encouraged, prayed for, and commissioned to continue the work God has begun in them. During these seminars, these leaders are individually interviewed and prayed with so that Christians overseas can be connected with them in spirit. We can just gather together and focus on one person and hear their story, where they come from, how they met Jesus, more about their calling. Nang Cho Lat is a worship leader who felt called when he went to a village of 400 in Myanmar and saw their need for Jesus in 2017. He shared that this is a very strict Buddhist village, but the call and conviction he feels is more powerful. His vision and plan is to start by teaching guitar lessons. From there, he'll plant home churches and see what God does. Most of these villages are Buddhist, and they're run by Buddhist monks that are very violent towards Christians and people of other religions. Mang Tang was a Buddhist until his Christian friend shared Jesus with him and invited him to a Christmas service. During prayer and worship, he felt strange, like a fire was inside of him. He went to Christian training and there put his faith in Jesus. After much time in prayer, asking God for direction, he received the call to plant a church and share the gospel. He's doing that in a village of 200 people in Myanmar. Mang Tang has already had many spirit-led adventures and has even experienced being driven out of a village for proclaiming the gospel. He kind of ran up against some opposition to a, a very uh, powerful monk. As soon as they ran him out of town, all of the monks, pigs, and goats died. Like, just died for no reason. And so they called him back. And so he started preaching the gospel again, and they didn't like it again. They offered to pay him a million dollars in his currency uh, to leave the city. Um, and he still denied it. And he said that no matter what, you couldn't pay me enough to stop preaching the gospel. Sa Eku grew up in a Christian family, but found Christ for himself in 2001. God broke his heart for the people of Myanmar, and he found himself taking care of AIDS victims. He has a desire to help young people discover God's purpose for their lives. In the midst of this, he faces great opposition as the monks in his village of 500 speak evil of him and consistently try to turn the people against him. He prays for God's grace in teaching Sunday school to children, asks for healing of the sick, and strength for believers. These are just three of many incredibly faithful and willing servants of the kingdom who would put themselves in even mortal danger to share the love of Christ that has transformed their own lives. There's a story and a history of suffering for the gospel's sake here in this country. I know that the Lord sees that, and I think He will use their perseverance and their willingness to have faith like that um, to build a very, very strong church. God has orchestrated of so much favor over these guys. We're just trusting that this is a, an open window that the Lord has given us for now. We don't know how long this window will be open, but that's why we need to go and go now.
Oh, there we go. Okay, one more time. Golegi! That's how we say hello in Korean, as Pastor Soda says. Um, I want to thank you for being an international church. We've got, um, we've had so many different nationalities be a part of our church, and I know personally that many of you support missions all around the world, and that is such God's heart. So I know that um, God has moved on your hearts for sponsoring compassion children or missionaries around the world. And I just want to cheer that on. I thank you um, that that is already happening. So some of this is preaching to the choir, but um, I really felt like today that I want to highlight, as Pastor Trevor did, this um, connection that we have with Myanmar because it's part of our DNA as a church. As he said, Pastor Tri founded the church in the 80s, and, and two weeks after he got saved, he was smuggling Bibles into Burma. And what was it, 13 years ago, he goes out to Heritage Hall and sees Korean people from that land in their native dress and recognizes them because he was there. And here's this whole group of Korean people from Burma here in Boise, and he's just dumbfounded, like, what is the Lord doing And um, now you can go out by the coffee bar and see the display of all the church planners. There's 82 church planners that we have partnered with other churches to support and um, sponsor these 82 men and women to go plant churches all over Myanmar, all around the nation. And um, it's just, it's, it's part of who we are. It's part of our call being in Boise, Idaho, that we get to help see the gospel spread around this, this nation. So it is such a privilege to have Pastor Soda and the Korean church. Um, and it's not just Korean. Korean is a tribe in Myanmar. There's also Kachin and Chin tribes represented. But it's such an honor to have you as the Vineyard Asian Christian Fellowship. Um, that is a church plant now meeting at 11 o'clock on Sundays. And we're just so blessed to have you um, part of our Vineyard family. And the heart of missions really comes out of God's heart of generosity. When people are generous, they're living out of God's heart. He is a generous God, and, and we know that you can't outgive God. You can't. Every good gift comes from God. And I think every person in this room, when you ask, you, you see God's provision. You see his abundant mercy, his faithfulness, the goodness of God. And when we give out of, of that place of being generous, um, he's, he, he delights in that. And to me, that's what missions is. It's um, in this country, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. You can go to any sink and get clean water. Do you know that most of the world doesn't have that? Most of the world does not have clean water. It is a big problem. Poverty looks different in our country than it does in most of the world. And to whom much is given, much is required. And we are called to be generous people, especially as his church. We are called to um, be a blessing to others and to share the good news with others. So 
that's where we're going today. Um, if you could show that first slide. So as I said, if you go to Heritage Hall, you'll see the pictures of the church planners. Just out of Vineyard, Boise, we have been able to support 44 church planners in a short window. So I thank you for those of you who tithe because a portion of the tithe has gone to support these church planners. And we have been able to carry the gospel in this short open window. You saw in the video that we made that Myanmar just opened up. And my husband, who you saw at the end of the video, Michael and I, we, <clears throat> at that time, it was 2018, we were praying about what to do. We, we had no idea. Um, stuff with Nicaragua had shut down. And God just kept saying Myanmar over and over. And we didn't know what to do, but we went in April. That was our first trip in 2018. And God just brought us the connections with other vineyard churches, other non-vineyard churches, and um, he just did it. And within that two-year period, between April of 2018 and the fall of 2019, we saw 82 churches get planted. And then the window shut with COVID. COVID happened and everything shut down. You couldn't travel anymore. And then... Um, which leads me into the next slide. Well, there's a little map. For those of you who don't know where Myanmar is, it's between India and China. Um, I didn't know where it was before we started working there. <laughs> but it is so, such a strategic place. And China continues to work with Myanmar in different ways, um, needing access through Myanmar and is probably funding a lot of the militia. Um, but Myanmar used to be the Pearl of the Orient. And it's been ravaged by civil war, which we're going to talk about and pray for. Um, but there are several tribes within this country. So Karen, I mentioned, Kachin, Chin, those are all tribal peoples within this country. So if you hear those names, that's what that means. Could you put the next slide up? So as you probably have heard in the news, there's a lot, a lot that's been going on. Back in uh, this month, a year ago, two, 2021, Aung San Suu Kyi, I can't say her name, the, the female president, she was elected by the people. They had a democracy. And then this month, a year ago, she was kidnapped in a military coup. The military wanted to take back power. And since then, they've done everything they can to terrorize the people and maintain the power in that nation. And it has been so tragic because this, this nation has, got, has had civil war for, I think, almost 80 years now. It's the longest running civil war. And for different reasons, um, many of the Karen and, and people here who have come as refugees were persecuted for religious beliefs um, because they were Christian, and the, it's mostly a Buddhist nation. They were persecuted. But since then, um, there were many street protests, and the government, the militia would shoot them. They would actually 
come in civilian clothes and not have their uniforms on so they would be disguised and then start killing people in the streets. So the protest didn't work, so they started, the people um, formed a civilian military, but their, <coughs> their weaponry is just not in comparison to the, to the government. And so, um, you know, they're, it, it's been hard. But the, the Burmese government has limited all access to food, medical supplies. I've actually heard stories where they kidnap the doctors in the hospitals, steal the oxygen tanks. Um, they, they are purposely trying to terrorize the people. And they have their own hospitals for the military there that are, are um, functional. They've limited access. So it's predicted that um, I think half of the population is going to fall into poverty and more than a million people are um, facing hunger. So there's severe hunger shortage or um, food shortages. And it just goes on and on. Cars are torched. Christian buildings are torched. Um, we've lost a lot of contact with, with some of the church planters. Some of them have fled into the jungles. Some of them have been on the blacklist. So if you're not for the military, you're against it. And they are targeted. And they do airstrikes, bombing of villages. Um, so this is all going on and continues to get worse and worse as I speak. Uh, we don't hear about a lot of it because the media are afraid to, to film it. They're kidnapped and killed. Um, but we, we get stories and reports of this personally. One of our contacts, um, Pastor Stephen in Thailand, has rescued three church planners and their families and brought them into Thailand and is personally taking care of 25 people. And so um, it, it's looked pretty bleak, and there's hope. And I'm thankful that God had that open window of time and led us to do what we could do during that short amount of time because the door shut. And as I prayed, God never said to stop. Like, we can't travel there anymore. We can't do our trainings that we used to do. But he never said to stop. And so I bring this to you guys as the Vineyard Boise, that this is part of our heritage. God has destined us to partner with the nation of Myanmar in prayer, to partner with um, the church, and to lift them up in prayer, to um, bless them locally. We have our own congregation and I'm going to give you a, a, an opportunity at the end to donate towards food and relief supplies as our contacts are going across the border and, and bringing food almost every day. Um, there's hundreds of refugees that are coming out of Myanmar, fleeing from the terror and coming into Thailand. And Thailand doesn't know what to do with them because they already have refugee camps that are totally full. So, not to be a downer, <laughs> but this is what's happening. And to whom much is given, much is required. Could you show that next one? God led me 
just a week ago to look at this book. And um, I actually worked with Don Richardson a long time ago in YWAM with his book, Peace Child. But I had never read this. And well, it was fascinating. For those of you who are interested in missions, I highly recommend this book. But chapter two is all about these people. Several different tribes, but it starts with the Karin. And he, he's researched and found that centuries before the first missionary ever came, a prophet had come and shared that they are to wait for a white man who is going to bring a sacred book. That, they're, that they should listen to this man and follow this god, Waiwa. It was a Y apostrophe W-A. That sounds pretty familiar to Yahweh. And for time and time again, if any foreigner came, they kind of looked to see, was this the person? Was this the one that, that we were told about? And these stories that they heard passed down through oral tradition were so close to the accounts in Genesis about the creation of the world and about who God is and how sin came. And they pass these stories on through oral tradition. Meanwhile, the whole nation is Buddhist. And so as they tried to, as people tried to indoctrinate them with the Buddhist beliefs, they didn't receive it. And, they, and the Buddhists didn't understand why because they were waiting for that sacred book until the 1820s, a missionary from America came, his last name Judson, and brought the Bible. He was in the, the main city of Yangon, or used to be Rangoon, and for seven years prayed and, and proclaimed the gospel, not one convert. Some of you may feel like that that you just keep plowing the ground and don't see any fruit. Because I, I can't imagine how hard that would be to, to know that you're called. And back then, he had to sail on a ship. There's no airplanes. He had to sail on a ship to get there with his family for seven years, didn't see any fruit. The first convert had, was an ex-murderer who killed 30 people. Didn't have a good reputation. <laughs> was illiterate. But he saw that this was the white man with the sacred book. And he went to school to learn how to read so that he could share this book with his tribes, with the, the groups that he, um, the Korean people. And Don Richardson said it was like the dry ground absorbing the rain for the first time. They just ate it up. And the whole people group got saved. And the Buddhists were scratching their heads saying, how could this happen <laughs> so quickly? It was because God preserved them. He prepared them to receive his message. And I just found that so amazing and special about this group. And so I hope that you can catch a little bit of the privilege that we as a church get to have them here in Boise, Idaho. And there are several other stories like that with the Kachin tribe and with other tribes that had the 
in their oral tradition, they had the message of the gospel. And in Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God puts eternity in, in the hearts of men. And for some of you, he's, he's doing that as well because it's on an individual level, but it's so encouraging to know that whole people groups are getting prepared for the message of the gospel. I found this on um, the Joshua Project website. You can get updates about um, unreached people groups. So there's 17,434 people groups in the world. Guess how many are unreached with the gospel? 10,000? 7,407. So there's 42.5% of the world is unreached still. And this is 2022. I think sometimes in our post-Christianum society in America, we forget that there's actually whole people groups and tribes who have never heard the gospel. And God might be calling some of you to be that person, to carry that sacred book. And as you're praying this week, I just encourage you to, to ask the Lord, would he have you go? Because people need to hear. And people have been waiting. We live in a, in a fallen world that needs the hope of Jesus. Um, I could go on into different scriptures about God's heart for the nations, but I just want to um, maybe stop and pray and ask that God would awaken us, that we could look beyond ourselves, And I believe that America has been such a generous nation on so many levels, and God has blessed that. And we need to continue to walk in that and continue um, to serve this country of Myanmar specifically today because he has destined this relationship and he has called us to intercede for them when they can't. There are church planners right now fleeing villages that have been bombed, and they've lost everything. They've lost family members. Oftentimes they have no food or water. And there's no access to those places, or we would try to get them supplies. But for many of them, all we can do is pray. Um, so I'm just going to pray real quick here, and then we're going to show another video. So Jesus, I just, um, I thank you, Lord, that, that you are our hope. And that every good gift comes from you, Lord, that you desire every person to know you. Jesus, in those areas of our hearts that we've grown apathetic and uncaring, Lord, would you wake us up? 
Would you fill us with your compassion? Would you let us see the things and the people that you want us to see? Lord, would you break our hearts? I thank you for this connection with Myanmar, Lord, for, for the own local group that we have here as part of our church, and for the brothers and sisters that we can pray for in, in this nation, Lord. Would you um, direct our prayers? And we invite you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we show that video, and then um, we'll move into a time of prayer. Ray Alpha Movement. Right now, the military of the military junta in Myanmar are doing airstrikes on innocent people in farmlands right across the border here. You can hear the bombing. You can hear the shooting. They are going after civilians, innocent civilians, unspeakable evil. And right now they are flooding out across the border. The Thai military is here trying to help get them across. This is a huge, huge problem um, that's going on in the world today. They are executing an evil campaign against innocent civilians that are now fleeing for their lives with their families to come into Thailand to find some form of safety. But there's nothing here for them. There's, they don't have land here. They don't have homes here. They don't have ways to get jobs here. And please pray. It's Christmas Day here. Please pray for these people who are on Christmas fleeing for their lives, for their safety. And um, yeah, we have been sending food across the border. We have been sending supplies across the border. We have been sending medical supplies across the border. And this is just gonna turn up. So we would ask for your, your help and support in doing what we can do, what we're responsible for here. And we're also wanting to be involved with more campaigns to bring relief and to help these families who are innocently caught up in this tragic story. Thank you guys for your prayers and support. So that was Ray Ward. Him and his wife, Candace, are contacts in Thailand, um, along with many indigenous people there. And I'd also like to lift them up in prayer today as um, they just faithfully give. This is above and beyond their normal ministry. They have a children's home. They have um, just a whole bunch of different ministries that they run. And, and they recognize this opportunity that God's given them to serve and bless these these victims, these civilians who are fleeing into Thailand for safety. And so every day they've been going and purchasing out of their own pockets a lot of times, um, food and water and medical supplies. And so um, we're going to have a chance at the end there to donate towards that. But if you get out the card that you were given at the door, We're going to move into a time of prayer, um, and there's some prayer points there. 
specifically for the nation of Myanmar, that there would be peace. Pray for conviction of the corruption that's going on for these leaders, that they would feel convicted about terrorizing their own people, that God would bring peace to this land, safety, especially to the church planners and the the churches. Um, Side note, I continue to get reports often of these men and women who are still going out and baptizing people, who are still going out and teaching Bible studies. I get pictures of the kids that they're teaching and men and women who are still are getting baptized even though they know they're going to be persecuted. And this is a huge deal. I mean, their, their courage is inspiring. These are, men, these are heroes of the faith that we read about in the New Testament, and they're living it out right now. So um, pray for their empowerment by the Spirit, their protection, and that God would continue to um, spread the gospel, even through persecution. Um, so you can read those prayer points Pastor Soda, are you here? Let's welcome Pastor Soda. This man and his family has such a beautiful heart for um, for his people. And we are so thankful, Michael and I are so thankful that we just get to come along sim, him and um, see him lead in this. And we have some new opportunities coming. Hopefully, as they pan out, I'll share more with you. But maybe um, we might get to help train church planners out of the Bible school that Pastor Soda has been at in his refugee camp. So God is still opening up doors and opportunities um, for us to continue. But We're going to pray, and um, maybe I can pray in English a little bit, and you pray in Korean, or or however. (laughs) So feel free to take any posture you want. Um, If you need to move around, we're good with that. Father in heaven, we thank you that you are sovereign. And Lord, we lift up this nation of Myanmar to you as we know it breaks your heart of what's happening there. We just ask for you to come, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way and intercede. God, we pray that you would protect these men and women who are fleeing for their lives, God. We pray for these miracles to come in Jesus' name. Yes. สกมนตาสุสิกลอบาลปากอดินอเดตาอมูปุสุริมาเซวาสิกอปาฮิมุยฮาพลอฮิปุกอปอดุปุตะปุลบาลอมาคุยตาตะมูลมาสุคุยต
Jesus, just as you have been faithful to preserve these people for centuries, for decades of waiting for your truth to come and the gospel to come, Lord, I thank you that they received your truth, that they've given their lives over to you, Lord, and that they are continuing to pray to you for help. God, we stand with them and just ask that you would help them, Lord, that you would keep your promises and be faithful to them, Lord. We thank you, God. We pray that not one person would perish without having a chance of, of knowing you, Jesus. That your gospel would go forth throughout the land of Myanmar to every tribe and every nation, every tongue. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you bring visions? Would you multiply food where there's no food? Lord, would you bring clean water? Lord, let people see that you are the true God. ก็ซายุสุคริตตะมิตาตอนะกะมาปวยตะลอเตพาคือตอตาออตาออดอตาซอซีกะรอลอตะตะคือซอตะคือฮอกอดอตะเบปากัวเดกะมานีเนตะม
you so much. Yes. So we get to have this beautiful group sing. And um, we're going to end with this. And I just encourage you as they sing and worship in their own language, um, I just ask that you would take this card out. And the donate side, um, I just want to ask if every person or every household could donate something to this relief effort. Um, it's just a one-time thing, not a monthly thing. You can donate $5 for vegetables, $10 for eggs or meat, $15 for a live chicken, egg-laying chicken, $60 for a live pig that they can raise, and, and some of these live animals will continue to sustain them um, throughout these hard times. So I just encourage you, there's a QR code there or a link. You can pull out your phones as they sing and um, just do it now while, while it's fresh. And ask the Lord, you know, how else he might want you to serve in this way. And, and I'm begging you that you guys would pray for them this week as it's fresh to pray for them. Look up news articles, find out what's going on, have your families pray because God has... Um, knit us together as a body. So even though you may individually be doing uh, other types of missions in the world, I just ask that um, this week that you could pray as a family and um, hold them up together because God has brought them here to Vineyard Boise. So um, go ahead and, and pull out your phones now. And lastly, before you leave, I, I would ask that you would take a trip over to Heritage Hall and just look at the faces of the church planners and um, just pray for them as you leave. So we get to hear this beautiful worship song, and um, you can donate as an act of worship. Hello? Okay. It's still a morning, so good morning, everyone. Thank you very much for welcoming us. We are so, so grateful to be here today and to be able to praise the Lord with this beautiful song that we'll be singing. The song is How Great Thou Art. So you are all welcome to sing along this song. For some of us, it is... A motto, you, it's stick to your heart already. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, um, so you are welcome to sing along with us as we will be singing in Quran and, um, in English version. Uh, so welcome. Feel free to do that. Um, so sorry, this speech was not prepared. So, um, <laughs> I am everywhere. Um, I think there are many, many things that I want to say. I'm not sure how much time we have left, but what the ministry is doing in Burma, in Myanmar, is amazing, amazingly touching a lot of souls. Thank you for being there when there's nobody else they can turn to um, through spirit, touching the souls giving them comfort, providing them shelters. 
So thank you, thank you very much. There are no other words to describe how appreciative we are. As I'm speaking today, I am speaking for all of us who are very, very thankful of you, but cannot, who are very, very thankful and cannot express it through words due to many barriers, English barriers specifically. So thank you.
God visible and just ask that, um, Lord, would you be visible in Burma this week, God, as we pray and support our brothers and sisters. We thank you for what you are doing and what you will do. We just pray your blessing on this um, Vineyard Asian Christian Fellowship, your blessing on Pastor Soda and his family. And we thank you for this opportunity that you've given us in Boise, Idaho. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.